Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to Food Week on The Decibel. Mashed, hashed, baked, or roasted, the potato is a staple food in Canada, and it's also an important part of our national economy. Potatoes are the country's largest vegetable crop, bringing in close to $2 billion a year. And Prince Edward Island alone brings in half of that revenue. PEI produces about 2.5 billion pounds of potatoes a year. That's Adrian Lee. You may remember him as our guest host here at The Decibel, or from his own podcast, City Space. They went through a period of intense hardship. The reason for that is that there were two findings of a disease that was in the soil that produced a potato wart. He's also an editor of the opinion section at The Globe. And, you know, when I spoke to folks in the PEI government, they did name as one of the major impacts the emotional impact. He'll tell us about the economic and cultural importance of the spud and the impact that recent export restrictions had on PEI farmers. This is The Decibel. Adrian, it's great to talk to you. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks, Manica, for having me. I know you've hosted before, but I think this is the first time I'm at least interviewing you on the podcast. So it's good to have you here. And it's great to be on the other side. So you recently took a deep dive into the potato. So I got to ask, of all the vegetables out there, why the potato? Uh, well, I mean, to be clear, I want to say that I did a dig. It's probably the right, the right thing to say. Ah. Um, but, you know, as far as the potato goes, for me... I've been cooking a lot. I've been cooking for years. And, you know, I really like to learn about the things that appear on my plate. The more I dug into the potato, the more I thought, wow, there's a lot here that is impressive that people probably don't know about. I certainly didn't, including the fact that they basically went from something that was a secret food, basically, for the Incan Empire in the, you know, as as recently as the 1500s, uh, to the point now where they're just in every grocery store, basically around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're very accessible these days. Uh, the last few months, everything has been expensive with an inflation steadily climbing. But but groceries are something people notice on a weekly basis. In April, though, interestingly enough, we actually saw the price of the potato drop drastically in Canada. So what happened in April to potatoes that caused that? Yeah. So to your point, you know, the consumer price index or CPI, uh, that's been going up, and that's the thing that you know. Canadian families really feel when they're, uh, you know, looking at their budgets at the end of every month. Uh, and so amidst increased rises in food prices year over year, you know, food prices went up about 9 to 10% year over year from April to the previous April. Um, but what happened to the potatoes is that they actually went down 6%. And that was an unusual uh, thing in the midst of the rest of the, the food price increase. In Prince Edward Island, which is the province that produces the largest share of potatoes in Canada, they went through uh, a period of intense hardship. The reason for that is that there were two findings of a disease that was in the soil that produced a potato wart. The wart is something that potentially reduces yield uh, year over year of potatoes, um, and it can transmit rather easily because of how microscopic it is in the soil, and they can latch onto these potatoes and affect them. Uh, And what happened was in November 2021, the Canadian government said, 
we're actually going to step in and restrict PEI potatoes and their export to the United States. No types of potatoes can be uh, sent for that period of time. A you know ultimately a four to five month ban uh, on all potatoes. As a result, PEI growers were left with this massive, massive surplus. Millions, hundreds of millions of potatoes were unable to be used. And PEI farmers worked really hard to get those potatoes elsewhere in the country where they were needed. Uh, There were also campaigns around food banks, and food banks certainly took a lot of that on. But without the U.S., which is the leading importer of PEI potatoes, and I believe the leading importer of potatoes from Canada— That's a huge market that they no longer had access to owing to this restriction. Folks in PEI were basically unable to move the volume of potatoes they needed to move. So they had to destroy about 300 million potatoes, which is about a tenth of their total harvest uh, in the year. Even though this potato war really affected only one kind of potato, and in that case, only two instances at that moment of potato finding of that wort. Wow. Okay. So they had they had this massive supply. They could not get them out of the province, essentially. So they ended up having to destroy the potatoes there. Can you just kind of like finish this circle for us? What happened when the market finally did open up for the potatoes again? So what we've seen in the months since is that uh, supply has has moderated somewhat. Uh, and so we've seen inflation uh, go up for potatoes to meet roughly, maybe a little bit under the price of food uh, increases for for CPI broadly. Potatoes have gone up in price. Um, but nevertheless, the impact of this restriction continues to live on for these farmers. I mean, potato work can be found again. This restriction situation could set a precedent that could affect future harvests. Recently, there was data from Statistics Canada that said that while PEI uh, once again planted the largest number of acres for potatoes in the year to come, it actually went down by 5,500 acres just because farmers are nervous that, hey, if there's another situation where we wind up having this massive stockpile, we can't justify doing this anymore. So these restrictions will continue to affect potato farmers in the years ahead. So potatoes are big business in in PEI. Do you have a number figure, Adrian? Like how big of an impact did this all have on the region's economy? So PEI produces about 2.5 billion pounds of potatoes a year. Uh, And so that to put that into context, when they had to destroy uh, all of these potatoes, that was 300 million pounds. So that sounds like an immense amount. But that's, again, only about 10 percent of the island's production. That being said, you know, Looking at that, you had a huge amount of revenue loss, both in terms of the U.S. being unwilling to to do it. uh, But we've also farmers I've spoken to also talked about a chilling in the market. You know, U.S. uh, manufacturers, processors, uh, farmers are a little bit leery now of PEI potatoes. And ultimately, what they say is uh, growers have lost, you know, upward of $50 million in revenue as a result of all that. What makes potato farming particularly interesting in the agricultural uh, commercial sense is that uh, a huge proportion of these farms are family farms. Um, About 90 to 98 percent of the farms on PEI actually are family farms. So we're seeing direct impacts on, you know, small business owners, mom and pop shops, basically. Hmm. So, yeah, so there's a financial loss here, but we're really talking about the smaller farms here that are, are hit quite substantially. I would imagine that actually has a pretty big impact on the mental health of farmers, too, in these farm families. Is, is this something you came across as well? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we can see that, uh, you know, in the number of acres that are going to be planted next year. I mean, I think there is broad anxiety about it. And, you know, when I spoke to folks in the PEI government, they did name as one of the major impacts the emotional impact. And I think that really ties back to the fact that these are small businesses. So many of these farms are family farms, things that have been in the family for generations. So you really have a sense of this being not just uh, financial impact, but almost an identity that's been affected. When you're t- when you're saying this ward, like what exactly are we talking about here? What does this thing look like on the potato? Right. So the Washington Post, I think, uh, infamously in my mind, called it an unsightly canker, and I think that that is uh, both funny and you know maybe a little bit schoolyard. But it is true that it is not an attractive looking ward. What it looks like basically is uh, sort of a brown, purple kind of cauliflower bursting forth from this potato. Uh, It is not a good look. That being said, science-wise, it is completely fine to eat. It is absolutely edible if it ever came to it. I guess if we could just get a little philosophical for a sense here when we're talking about food, I mean, what does that say about our society that we only like food that that looks good to eat? I think, you know, we think about the potato as a side dish. You know, I think we we all, all cultures across this country and, and elsewhere really think about the potato as something that is, is, is commonplace. It is always there. But as a result, we basically take it for granted. And I think what I'm hoping for is to see potatoes effectively be lifted up as more of the main dish, maybe figuratively. But, uh, you know, we need to be able to eat what is available to us. And I think increasingly with our economy the way it is, That's something that should be absolutely a priority. Honestly, I don't really think I've thought that much about the potato. So this is really interesting to actually kind of think about this and and focus on this vegetable. I don't think I realized that they were actually kind of good for you as well. What are some of the nutritional benefits of the potato, Adrian? Right. So a big thing about the potatoes is that they are fat-free and gluten-free. And for a lot of folks with particular dietary restrictions, that's actually really enormous. Um, But as far as their nutritional value, there's uh, plenty of vitamins and minerals, the main one being potassium and vitamin C. Uh, That also includes folate and vitamin B6. It really is just chock full of vitamins and minerals uh, in a way that not a lot of other uh, commonplace vegetables can provide. Wow, that's actually really interesting. Uh, are, in terms of the farming side of things, are they a pretty steady crop to grow then? They are a steady crop. Part of the thing that makes the potato so amazing is they've been able to grow it in basically any condition uh, on on the planet. And in one case, actually off planet, China and NASA were able to grow uh, potatoes in space, uh, which I know folks uh, might be familiar with that through the uh, sci-fi novel, The Martian. And we can't say that they'll grow on Mars, but uh, it is true. They will grow in almost any condition. All you need is dirt, uh, a little bit of light and a little bit of water. So we do eat a lot of potatoes. I mean, research from the the Food and Agricultural Organization of the UN shows that Canadians do steadily consume potatoes. And almost anywhere we go, you know, there's the option for fries. They're kind of everywhere. But you said, you know, it almost feels like we're taking the potato for granted sometimes. So I want to know, why why do you feel like that? Well, I think it, it goes back to the fact that there's so much we don't know about this thing, you know, that it has again, come from this secret place in South America and exploded across our world in a way that, you know, we have in some ways not even acknowledged, right? And and I think I would also say it's a little bit of the royal we. I think people often ignore the potato 
uh, in some cases, for reasonable reasons. For instance, uh, the potato was at the very heart of uh, Ireland's troubles uh, when the Great Famine occurred. You know, those are places where the stigma certainly was at issue uh, and the stigma continues to be at play. But we're also seeing it happen in places like China. So China is the world's number one producer of potatoes and yet consumption-wise actually quite low. A big reason for that is historical and cultural, as is so much of the thing about the potato, which is that a lot of the potato growth was actually over the course of the Cultural Revolution and the famines that occurred there. And so there is this sort of lingering belief amongst folks in China that the potato is a poor person's food. And with uh, you know economic fortunes obviously in ascendance in China, I think there is there has been a broad move away from eating potatoes culturally. That being said, the Chinese Communist Party itself has made it a policy in 2015 to actually make sure Chinese people eat more potatoes. So there is there is room for growth. And you know when I spoke to a farmer, he was saying the same thing. You know, yes, we eat a lot of potatoes, but maybe we could eat more. Hmm. Do we really want to eat more potatoes, though? I guess I just want to push back on this idea that, yes, there are nutrients in potatoes, but there's also a lot of carbs. We often fry potatoes so they can come with a lot of oil in the form of potato chips or French fries. Aren't there pretty good arguments for us to not be eating so many potatoes? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that argument could be applied to almost anything we eat. You know, the, the the story of the potato is a story of stigma, the big one being that it was uh, a food that led to disease. For a lot of folks in Europe, there was this belief that it could cause leprosy, that it could cause dysentery, diseases that actually there was no scientific evidence for it. A lot of, a lot of those ideas wound up being in some ways proxies for uh, criticizing the poor. But then the other thing I would say about the direct criticism around carbs is just that carbs are actually pretty good for you. You know, diets change and diet patterns change and diet trends change. But the thing that is perhaps most appealing to me about the potato is that despite all of the world change, it has remained true to what it offers us. I know you've done a lot of research into potatoes. I, I wonder, are there any myths that you came across that you, you I guess, want to bust here about potatoes? So one of the things that I thought was uh, really interesting was how in Europe, a lot of the pushback uh, and the stigma toward the potatoes was that it caused active disease or in some cases, laziness. Um, you know, some Europeans believed that potatoes uh, uh, ruined the soil or in some cases it was a bad thing because it never appeared in the Bible. These were the kinds of things that it pushed up against. But, you know, one of the more influential things came from one of the first Dutch research chemists named G.J. Mulder and uh Mulder believed that potatoes infected uh, people with, quote, insipid, sluggish potato blood, uh, which then had to be countered by gin, which I don't know about this. Uh, and and that was actually quite influential. That, that kind of thinking uh, also influenced the philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. He believed that rice-led diets led to the use of opium and narcotics, and that diets dominated by potatoes led to drinking alcohol. Now, a lot of that stuff is actually, if you really think hard about it, pretty thinly veiled racism. Okay, so you're saying that if you, ha if you eat a lot of rice, then you take opium. Well, sounds like he's criticizing China at the time. And if you're saying, oh, you know, if you, uh, if you eat diets dominated by potatoes, you're going to drink alcohol. Well, it also seems like you're criticizing uh, uh, folks in Ireland at that particular moment. So there, there were a lot of these things that were ultimately pure anecdote, uh, not necessarily based in science, that really found a way to affect the uptake of potatoes uh, across Europe. 
That's really interesting, actually, to break those down and, and see how those came together. Uh, just lastly, before I let you go here, Adrian, I, I know you love cooking potatoes. Sounds like you like eating potatoes, too. I do as well. Most people do. My favorite dish is a potato broccoli vegetable that my mom makes, like a curry. It's amazing. But I just want to ask you before we end here, what's what's your favorite way to eat a potato? I mean, this is the this is a question I love just because it really highlights the the fact that the potato is a common bond, you know, that across cultures, we all have a potato dish. Uh, for me, I really wish it uh, was something uh, Chinese. You know, there are certain in certain parts of China, there are uh, spiced potato dishes. But if I'm being completely honest with you, uh, it's the hash brown. It's hash browns. <laughs> Grate them up, you know, get them, get them greasy, fry them up. Love it. Nice. Amazing. Uh, Adrian, this has been great. Thank you so much for for doing this. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. But before I let you go, let me know what you think of Food Week. You can reach me on Twitter at M-E-N-A-K-A-R-W. Or you can always email us at thedecibel at globeandmail.com. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Zaro Kuzema is our summer producer. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.